Hey there, what's up? This is Conversation Piece, a podcast with me, Dave Melillo, talking to people that I know and love about really, really cool stuff. On this episode, I have my buddy Kyle, who is very much like me. He's a jack of all trades. So we go a little bit off the reservation, talking about everything from comic books to fantasy football to CrossFit, to barbershops, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think that you'll have a really great time listening. But first, I want you guys to know that we are finally available on iTunes. So go onto the iTunes podcast app and uh, search conversation piece. That's a uh, piece as in a piece of pie, not peace to the world. And uh, yeah, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and consider it your good karma for the day. All right. Welcome, my buddy, Kyle. All right, I'm rolling. Check two, check seven. Hey, you there, Kyle? Yeah, I'm right here. All right, hey, guys, I'm sitting with Kyle, and he was nice enough to come in on short notice. How you doing, Kyle? Good, how about you? I'm doing great. You got a good you got a good voice for radio, but you got you to gotta step up a little bit more. I'm not getting you that much. Oh, I got to be louder? No, no, you just got to get closer to the microphone. Oh, all right. There you go. Yeah, look, see, I got like the little waves on here. Yeah, there's there's a couple things I've learned from starting and executing this podcast. One, there's a lot of people that are not comfortable talking about themselves or just talking in general. Like I had my uh, my poker buddy who was supposed to be on this week and he's like, yo, dude, yeah, I'm into it. I got all my stuff. I brought it to Atlantic City. I did all that shit. And uh just like kept making excuses and I finally got the hint, right? Like mm-hmm. even my sister, I was like, hey, I want to have you on the podcast. Is that cool? Like just come and talk to your brother. It's all good. Um, and people just don't like to talk about themselves, which I don't understand because I could talk about myself all day. Does that make <laughs> me stuck up? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Kyle. It's good. It's just conversation, man. That's all that it is. Yeah. We, we, we bullshit all the time, right? Yeah. And as soon as you get into it, uh it's it's really easy it just starts to flow yeah so so kyle and i i did the same thing with justin and alex it's like we gotta we gotta talk about where we met like our our love story so we met at the crossfit gym yeah yeah uh what is it about almost three years ago at this point now but you've been doing crossfit longer than i have i i think right i started uh about five or six years ago and where were you? Uh, I was at Hal CrossFit, which eventually became CrossFit Hijinks. Okay. Um, I was there for a little while. And then I had actually, yeah, you know, it was a very uncomfortable time in my life. Uh, it's still uncomfortable. <laughs> You'll understand. Uh, who you know, I have a heart condition. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, See, I laugh just like an asshole. That's me. <laughs> but I had come to find out that, uh, you know, there's there's heart issues that run in my family. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't keep up on the, the daily, or not daily, like the yearly type things where you're supposed to be checking in on yourself. And, you know... I started to get like, uh, not, I guess chest tightness is the easiest way to put it. Yeah. And you know, it went on and it persisted for a little while. And I was just like, uh, Michelle, my wife was pregnant at the time. And I was just like, you know what? I should probably get this checked out. I got a kid coming into this world and she's just going to make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if this is like a respiratory thing or what I got going. I didn't think it was my heart. And then, you know, long story short, uh, after a week of being in the hospital, I found out that I had uh, three, I had three stents put in um, for a 30 year old. That's pretty crazy. You still have stents in? Yeah, they're, they're with you for life. So they just, they open up the arteries. Um, So I found out that one of my arteries was 95% blocked. 
Then there was one that was like 90, and then I think the other one was around 80 and, and that's 85. Just like, it's not like you fucked that up. That's just, You were born with it, right? Well, it's, it's a combination of, uh, you know, once I left school and got out of sports and being active, I'm sure that didn't help. Uh, shitty diet. You know, I didn't always eat the best. And then uh, shitty jeans. Yeah, but like when you're th- like you say, you're you're a relatively young dude. There's no way that you did that much damage in 30 years, right? It's it's possible it with with shitty jeans and the way that that food is made nowadays. Like you look at nutrition now, I look at nutrition labels in a totally different way. You look at nutrition labels; they're a train wreck. Really? If you're not looking for the right thing, I am not looking for the right thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but. Uh, Dude, that, that's so crazy. I mean, I knew that you had something, but you just don't think heart stints and like a 30-year-old dude. Absolutely. You know? It, it, you know, the more that I see, it's it's not super... It's uncommon, but it happens. It's, you know, it's... Unfortunately, it's the climate in America with the obesity and stuff like that and the way that they genetically modify everything. And it's just, it doesn't, our bodies don't process these things the way that they should. And plus, you know, I'm not going to blame it all on food and shitty diet. I'm sure there's shitty, there's shitty genes in my family. Sure. So we have cholesterol problems. So if I would have, you know, went and did my yearly physicals, like I should have, then I might have caught it beforehand. But like a thirty-year-old, that's that's way out of the realm of possibility. Like I hate going to the, my my primary physician. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I wouldn't be going to get, you know, my heart scoped. You got to get EKGs and all that crazy. Yeah, it was. Stuff, a, right? It started off as EKG. The EKG came up. It was a little funny, uh, but they said it wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. But it was enough for them with what I was saying to hold me. And then the doctor was like, "Well, we can do uh, a stress test," and I'm like. Is that where they put the dye in you? Well, there's two. Um, That's the nuclear stress test. Okay. And then there's just like a stress test where they strap you to basically, I think it's basically an EKG and you just walk on a treadmill. You look like Peyton Manning in a game. Yeah, and then they see if something's going on and then you (laughs) go from there. Or the nuclear one is they do that, but then they uh, take pictures of your heart before and after. Okay. So I, I did two. I've done two of those, but... Um, everything's good now. You know, I'm just on a, uh, I take my medicines every day. I try to eat better. Um, I cheat, you know, there's, there's things, you know, we're human. We want to eat them. Um, but I just don't eat them in the frequency that I used to. And, uh, but I follow up my cardiologist every six months. My cholesterol is on point. Everything's on point. Um, at my heaviest, I weighed 243 pounds. No way. Yeah. No way. It was bad. Dude, you could have been like a linebacker but or something like that. I, uh, yeah, but 243 on a five foot nine frame, not so good. You've been messing people up. But it's funny because if, like, my, you know, Alex, you know, Alex, we both know Alex. Yeah. Um, he also, like, CrossFit led him to discovering his whole thing with, I think it's called Chiaris. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but isn't it funny? Like, if you never, you know, got off your ass, if you were never working, do you think you'd ever. I'm figured con- out. I'm convinced, uh, you know, not to be morbid, but I probably wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for CrossFit. Wow. Uh, because I think it conditioned me enough to, because my doctor said my my heart, like my heart, the muscle itself, strong. Yeah. Good heart. It's just the plumbing was crappy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but I'm convinced uh, if I didn't do the things I did leading up into that point, I had lost weight at that point too. But I'm not. I'm at my lightest now. Uh, I'm at 205. Yeah. So fighting I'm, weight. 
fighting weight. Trying, trying to get, get a little lower, little but we're low, good. What do you want to get to? I'd like to be at 185. Really? You want another... Uh, the... 15, well, 20 pounds from 205. Really? Yeah. And is that like... Why, what are you what are you basing that off of is that just like off of charts or is that because like no, you were I've, 185 and i've like... been i've been in that realm before um not working out and okay. i was like i felt like i looked a little funny but now that i work out and like my shoulders are a little broader and like i feel like i'm a little bit bulkier i feel like i would look a little bit more proportionate at Dude, that if size you took your shirt off you'd scare the shit out of people could you be a, <laughs> you can't see kyle this is terrible radio but he's like all tatted up up to his neck like if you were like doo, 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 just like fucking cut at the beach like yeah. i don't know man i wouldn't i wouldn't and plus it would just be nice to be that low like you know, doing all the gymnastics stuff. That's like CrossFit. Right, baby. You move a lot better. 175. That's great. Up from 145, baby. Getting but, to get a 205 above the rings for ring muscle ups and then a bar for bar muscle ups. Bar muscle ups happen every now and then, but not consistent. But you also have a, a little bit of an advantage when you have weight on the barbell, too. Uh, oh, barbell. Just, just yeah. Saying. Just saying. Just saying. Well, but, Justin weighs less than me and then. He can he can move weight. So he says. So he's. <laughs> but it's funny that you uh you also mentioned the diet thing and you know I, I, that that's interesting because I'm not really dialed into a certain diet. I eat better than I have because I'm just more conscious of what I'm putting in my body. But you know you'll see I still eat crap. Um, but Justin is. I feel like Justin is on one side of the spectrum. Justin being our other friend who does CrossFit, he's all about keto. Anytime he does a diet, he goes a hundred and fifty percent in. Yeah. I feel the reason why I like, or at least what I've kind of gathered from what you're doing, is because it seems realistic. Your dad, you work, you do CrossFit, but like, and you have this diet that seems to actually fit into life. Yeah. You know. So like uh, currently we're doing that clean eating challenge where yeah. it's no carbs, no sugar, um, no alcohol, which is fine for me because I'm straight edge. I don't drink. So yeah. that's God bless you. Yeah, that's super easy. Um, but yeah, no carbs, no sugar. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. No carbs, no sugar. You know, like caffeine? Do you do caffeine? No, caffeine's fine. Oh, dairy. That's dairy. what I'm missing. Okay. Um, so basically, it's just eating your proteins. You know, you're, you're using your hands as measurement. Uh, two palms for uh, like the palm size for your protein, and then okay. two fists for your uh, your vegetables. And then like what's one, the frequency though? Like you you three, three meals a day? Three or? to four times a day. So generally, what I do is I do three meals. I'll do breakfast, I'll do lunch, and I'll do dinner, and then I'll split up that fourth meal between snacks. Are you a prep guy or? Yeah, uh, my I keep saying my wife. Michelle, like, like, no, no, yeah, Michelle. Michelle. What's up, Michelle? Shout out, Michelle. She uh she does all the meal prep. She's uh like when we first met, she wasn't a real big cook. But as things like progressed on, like she cooks her ass off now. Really? Yeah, she makes some really good di- like some stuff. Like she'll throw some stuff together every now and then, and I'll be like, "Oh, this is pretty All right, good." So shout out to Michelle. What's Michelle's best dish? I hate to put you on the spot. You you have um, no shot of getting out of here without her getting angry at you. But um, <laughs> it's funny because we had this conversation. <laughs> She's like, "You're gonna, you're dig gonna yourself. go bad mouth me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. Favorite dish. Hmm. That's a tough one. She does uh, a lot. not like a go to like sweet potatoes and chicken or like does she make Mexican good or because what Michelle's Irish American right? Or um, like she's uh, French. She, Cherokee. She's, yeah. she's like all of us. We're all bit. mutts. Yeah. we've been here long enough that we've been deluded enough. <laughs> you know, like right now she's listening. She's like, I make great meatloaf. Kyle, say meatloaf. <laughs> and she does. She does make a pretty good meat. She makes it with uh, either the chicken or the turkey. 
I'm just trying to think like stuff that she's been making recently has been really good. She made this like really good like shrimp and like uh, coconut and there was some other stuff going on. It was really good. Um, she does make like I haven't had her real fried rice. Oh, you've um, just had like the diet fried rice? I've had her like uh, she made it with cauliflower rice. and That sounds great though. With coconut aminos. It was awesome. And then she made like this uh, not so miso soup. It was bone broth and like uh, scallions and mushrooms. So I can't really complain. She makes good food. I just can't pinpoint one because I'm like there's certain things that I like to eat. But like when she changes it up, I like that. Well, you see the trap that I fall into whenever I do a diet, especially like this, I wind up eating chicken and broccoli, chicken and broccoli, you can't. steak and broccoli, chicken and broccoli. Yeah, and that's why can't. I think I fall off the wagon all the you time. You can't because... Like even during this challenge, because I did the last one and these are only these challenges are only 21 days. So they're not like super long. It's very manageable. But with broccoli, the last time I had broccoli during this challenge, I was uh, like choking it down. I'm like this. I'm like, oh, my God, I just got to finish this. And it was just it got to that point. And it's just like and I went to Michelle. I was like, can, can you can you not make broccoli for a little while, please? Mm. <laughs> and yeah. she was like, OK. Um, but she made green beans. Green beans were really good, but green beans are like the same thing. They're like super fibrous. So you're like, you're like chewing for like an hour on one like bean. A, like a dinosaur or something, yeah. you know, like an herbivore. I like, I, I will, I do want to, I'm looking forward to getting a little bit of carbs back into it so I can have like some sweet potatoes or are something you, like that. Are you angry? Are you like, do you get hangry? No. Uh, you can be honest, Kyle. It's no. Okay. We're in with, a safe space. <laughs> safe space. <laughs> with uh, the, uh, <laughs> no, with the. Uh, with the with the frequency of food that I'm allowed to eat and like the like the palms and the fists and everything, you're full, okay. and you're full of good food. And then plus you can eat three to four times a day. Um, and like I said, I take that fourth meal and I split it up in snacks throughout the day because so snacks look like because it's not an apple, right? That's carbs, right? Or an apple well, I'm allowed one piece of fruit. I usually uh, have I have an apple or a banana usually at night. Just okay. because that's, that's I'm relaxing. I want to have and it's something. some sugar, a little right? sweet. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, no, like generally, like with snacks in between, um, maybe like a little bit of uh grilled chicken, just like cut up, and then like some primal mayo thrown into it, and then just a little bit of hot sauce and hit that. And whoa, 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 primal mayo. Primal mayo. You got it. You got to explain that because it sounds way worse than I'm sure that it is. It's uh, so it's made with avocado oil. Oh, cool. So it's it's better for you. It's a healthier fat. Um, obviously you don't want to be hammering the that type of mayo like you would regular. Like you, it's still not like the best. So this sounds like a. I mean, it sounds like protein and fat based. I mean, that's it. You know, like it's very paleo keto like esque would you say or like well with the keto you can eat like uh as far as i know i'm not like be keto careful because so ruby is listening he'll light us up. he will land well he's you. he's allowed to have dairy uh with the keto okay. um they're also i don't think the it has to be lean meats because like they could basically make a taco with uh bacon and as the shell and like stuff that full like it's like <laughs> <laughs> so if i'm wrong justin can tell me i'm you're wrong. living a lie Ruby. but i don't uh 
the keto, I think it's they're not as about lean meats, and they're allowed to have dairy if I'm not mistaken. And uh, but it, I feel like it's a little bit more in line with paleo because you're the carbs, the sugar, and stuff like that. Yeah, and also no beans, so no peanuts, no uh, like for black you, beans or and for stuff. keto. No, for me. Okay. Yeah, because those are it's like starchy legumes and stuff like that. You can't have that. Oh, well, God bless. All right. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, we got the door. Hold on, Kyle. This is bad radio, but it's it's real. I like real moments. Hold on. It's the food. It's. I guess it's the food. <laughs> I don't know. Let me see. Is that you, Bernie? Hey, Bernie. Mom, what's up? Hey, Bernie. It is. It's the food. It's more food and beer. Uh, it's good. See, and this is like my diet. Like I'm having Mexican from Jose's oh. and uh, and a six pack of Modelo. So I'm like on the anti Kyle diet. So but... when I'm not on the diet, I love like tacos, but oh not like, God. not like typical tacos. I love the uh, like when you go to like more of an authentic place and you get the chicken and like the red onions and the cilantro and like a little wedge of lime and then just hit that. It's like perfect. Yeah, I, I mean, I like more traditional. That's what Jose's is. I mean, yeah. if, if you guys, have you eaten you know, on Jose's? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, Jose's is awesome. And where's that place? and salsa. It's so good. And have you, what's that place in uh, Point? Because that's closer to you, but there's like some crazy. Uh, Tornadez or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's on Bridge Ave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was so. What's that? Juan, yeah, like Juan Sancho's. I, I'm being very belig- uh, very ignorant right now. But there's, a, you know, there's a lot of great Mexican and spanish food around here yeah you know that's good that's awesome man well you know good for you with the diet shout out to jsa for like you know i don't think i do that enough like putting you because Paige has set up this fitness challenge right yeah she uh so she the past two have been very similar it's been the clean eating challenge uh it's 21 days uh she set up three teams each time uh this time it's uh i'm one of the team captains uh coach christian and coach brody are the other captains and then i'd love to be on coach christian's team i'm just saying (laughs) he was on my team last time he did well really he Uh, shows up i mean again i doubt because he's very negative so i'm sure he's not listening to this but um (laughs) when he's on he's on Yeah, his back's a little banged up, unfortunately, right now. Well, you know, that's why it's funny. Cause, so for all the good thing that CrossFit does, like shout out to JSA for like setting people up with fitness to succeed. They bring a lot of people together. The community aspect, you can't deny. Um, the one bad thing that, you know, CrossFit gets or the bad rep it gets is for hurting people. And we talked a little bit about this when Alex and Justin were here. But, um, you know, have you ever, you, you dealt with some... Bumps and um, bruises. Yeah, um, I've injured my shoulder and I've injured my back, but it wasn't CrossFit. It's uh, just poor movement. Um, it's me not listening to my body. Being and, a meathead. Yeah, and not using proper mechanics. Like the when I jacked up my back, I was doing a one rep max push press. And instead of keeping my core locked down, I basically just leaned back and was like, oh, let's do a stand up bench press. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't give. It's so hard too to get to that level because people are like, oh, I've been doing three months. I'm good to go. I can do everything. Right. Yeah. But it no. takes, honestly, I, so you've been doing it for what? Plus five years. Yeah. I've, I've been doing the same thing. I think you and I take a similar approach to it as like a. It's like a science almost that we study because I know that you have multiple certifications. I'm the same way. I'm always looking into it. So even with all of that, I still fuck myself up. Yeah, you it's, know? you're gonna make mistakes. Like uh, 
when you're not uh, paying attention, it happens. And it's just a matter of doing the right things to get yourself back to where you need to be and listening to your body. Because you could be like, oh, I feel great. You know, I banged myself up like a week ago, but I feel good today. And then you go balls to the wall. And next thing you know, you're back on the shelf again. And most people are not so acquainted with their body. You know, most people aren't athletes at the le- in high school and college to the level where they really know their body. And that was one of the things that I really got from doing CrossFit for this long is I know my body now. Like I know when something hurts and when I know the difference between being hurt and being injured, yeah. right? I know when I'm blown out and when I should stop. Like and that that really helps me in other ways in my life, but you got to think like how many people don't like aren't acquainted with this machine that we're living in. Yeah. They just kind of take it for granted. It's just like it's just what it is, but like it, I feel like it should almost be mandatory for everyone to understand their body because it's enhanced my experience tenfold when it comes to life. That sounds yeah. ridiculous. And the, but uh, like the other thing with CrossFit, there's a difference between being sore and being hurt. Yeah. Hurt there's and injured. Two, sure. There's two, it's two totally different things that I feel like a lot of people tend to confuse those. They're, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm hurt. It's like, no, nah, you're sore. You went hard and you worked out hard. And you're fine. It's just your muscles are sore. Dude, They're rebuilding themselves. And that's, you know, it's funny because, it's, so another thing about Kyle and I, and I'll bring it up, we uh, we we run the kids and the teens program at JSA, shout out again. Um, and With Coach Justin. With Coach Justin. From episode don't, one. Don't give him that much, man. <laughs> don't give him. He's he's good. Um, and I feel like, like they have no idea of what sore or injured or, like, and, and to that point, it's really hard to understand what you need to do to get results. And I don't think many people ever get to that point where they, they get to where they need to to get results because you got to kind of beat the crap out of yourself to really make a difference. And maybe that's just my like masochistic way of thinking about things. But I really feel like you have to... You have to break it down to build it up. A hundred percent. And I don't think that like most people, oh, my diet's not working. My fitness routine isn't working. Like I get hurt when I do CrossFit. It's like, no, man, like that is you going through the grinder and coming yeah. out the other side of sausage. Like you were just like a soft little baby. Like and if now- you poked my chest right now, I'd probably cry. <laughs> What'd you do? You did with that the, bench press with, thing? With, no, with the push-ups. And yeah. then uh, we had the workout with the muscle-ups and I did the scale and the scale wrecks you. Yeah, that t- that toenail drill. Uh-huh. Oh my god! No, it is. It's the worst thing. But like, but again, to your point, if you don't break it down, you really don't get to that next level. No. And it's just so funny because people just literally and figuratively run on the hamster wheel of life. And you know, it's it's funny because they call CrossFit cult like, and they do all sort of stuff like that. But it it works so well, and it pushes you out of your comfort level that you're like, oh, this is what I have to do now to get the results that I need to do. I have to be so ridiculously uncomfortable to the point where like I can't sit in my car, like because you again yeah. think back to when you first started, man. I was I like had I threw up after my yeah. first workout. Oh, you were, you I were, walked outside and threw up. Yes. First workout. And that's how you know it works. Dude, I had a lacrosse <laughs> ball in my car and driving to work when I used to commute. I oh, was yeah. having it in my lower back and I'd be crying and I couldn't lift up my shoulder and stuff. But it's like it's the trade-off. And, and again, to one of your points about like the state of America, no one is willing to most people are not willing to make a sacrifice like in order to get something in return. People don't like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable doing these things. And a lot of people are self-conscious about themselves. Like, I'm going to look stupid. It's like, we all look stupid at one point doing this. We had no clue. And we're just trying to learn. Like, 
I remember the first time I tried to like power clean 175. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I couldn't even get under it. Yeah. And now like I can power clean anywhere from, uh, you know, depending on the day, like 245 to 255. And at that point in doing CrossFit, when I couldn't even power clean 175 from a set of blocks. Yeah. And uh, now I can do 245 to 255. At that time, it was like, I'd love if I was able to squat clean like 235 or something like that. But how much work did you put in to get to that point? A lot. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not easy. It's like, like Coach says, a thousand reps. Yeah. You just and that's, go. That's our Coach Skip. Um, again, a lot of shit. I felt really bad because when and Justin and I talked, like we didn't really give that much love to JSA, and I started to realize, I'm like, man, this is like the crux of, you know, how we all know each other, and yeah. and and I think like, you know, they deserve credit for that for building it, and and again, besides all of the physical things that CrossFit does for you, it is a great hub of a community you know and yeah we, we were talking about like with the lack of religion nowadays or like most people our age aren't as religious as their parents no. i don't know about you no but but you know I, i'm i'm definitely not as religious as my parents were and in in place of that there's different things now you know some people got the club and we got the gym yeah you know <laughs> no it makes sense <laughs> the, peanut, the peanut gallery bag you like that that was good i'm, I'm getting a little bit better yeah <laughs> Thank you. No, that's cool. That's how I know it's working when I get laughs from the other room. Um, but that's like what you were saying before with uh, the whole CrossFit thing being a cult, air quotations. Uh-huh. Um, it's just not like it's not a cult. It's just the people that don't understand it or just don't want to understand it. They just want to. They're just the naysayers out mm-hmm. there that want to. They just want to be the negative Nancys of the world and just bad, bad mouth everything. And CrossFit, you know, can it? seem to be cult-like yes but that's because it actually offers a community for you to draw from like i can't tell you how many times i've reached out to people from the the box like just like putting stuff out there like from normal life to just either get like an opinion or this or that yeah and it's just it's another network of people that you have that you've cultivated in your life well when you become our age (laughs) when you become our age you don't have college you don't have high school you don't have that pool of people to draw from so unless you're dialed into like something else like billiards or like you're into jujitsu or whatever you're into like schnare and schnitta like what do you have (laughs) what do you have to pull from and i know i really think that people downplay this because as you get older it becomes you and your family right Mm -hmm. Again, like, uh, I don't know, if you're into music, yeah, you have, like, a bunch of people. If you're into poker, you have a bunch of people. But if you don't have that thing that you're into, you just wind up hanging out with your family and maybe your friends that you had from high school. There's no influx of new blood. And what CrossFit does is there's constantly new people. There's, you know, uh, there's people of like-mindedness that you can also talk to. Yeah, to, like, kind of, like, a little bit build off of that. Like, the like-mindedness it's that's the best thing is the it's the one thing that brings everybody together and then on top of that it's just like this person's from this walk of life this person's from this walk of life if just not just jsa like any crossfit gym out there um if those didn't exist would those people have crossed paths never exactly what would you me and you know justin and brody like a botanist you know a hardcore singer 
you know, a Backstreet Boy and a tattoo artist. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've known Brody for a while, but me and him, uh, I knew Brody before the gym, but I, I probably would have never met you. I probably would have never met Justin no. and stuff like that. Like Alex. Like, it's yeah. just all these people from... It, it's funny, though, because there's, like, there is an underpinning of every... Like, everyone has a little bit in common. Everyone's, like, yeah. a little bit obsessive-compulsive. That's one of the things that I've realized. Like, <laughs> seriously. No, you're everyone's right. Everyone's a little bit, like, anal-retentive. You know, and just has this weird attention to detail and like they have to get. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. People who do CrossFit are list people. And I know that you're one of these people. Like if someone gives you a list, you are going to be fucking crazy about it until you cross everything off that list. I'm the you same could, way. You could ask Michelle. She'll probably say otherwise. But depending on what the, <laughs> li depending on what the list is comprised of. Uh, definitely, yeah. Like, Honey-do lists are different. Those yes. fall into a different category. I'm, yes. I'm talking about stuff that you need to, aka, or want to do. Like at work. Like if you get like a, a number of tasks that you do have to do. you know how do. many times I've been made fun of at my one job for using Excel spreadsheets? Okay. All the time. There you go. That, <laughs> that's what it is. And like, you know, like, uh, the people that we even mentioned, like Justin, same way. Bro, oh, yeah. same way. Me, same way to the nth degree. So it's funny, like what about that type of personality type attracts people to, I think it's it's the acquiring of new skills or the fact that you actually have control over your destiny, mm -hmm. that you can actually affect what's going to happen. Because so much of what we do every day, at least I feel a lot, is out of my control. Damn. You know, and knowing that, well, I can actually get stronger and do things. And I, I kind of made this analogy in, in a in a previous comment. It, you get like superpowers, mm. you know, like that. That's what it feels like when you're not able to clean 175 and all of a sudden you're like picking up 245, like maybe five more pounds next time. Yeah. That, that's crazy. It's a snatch. Tell me that you don't feel like you hit a home run every time you get a snatch over 200 pounds. Yes. Right? Absolutely. That's exactly what it like, feels It's like, like at, the, at this point, like the weight that's automatic for me is like 185. Yeah. I'll hit that. Mm -hmm. No problem. 195, pretty consistently. Will there be misses? Yes. Mm -hmm. Once I put that 205 on there, it's like... It's like my brain just like melts. It's, isn't it funny too? Because yeah. it's really that like that much weight, but everything goes wrong. I have been in front of two hundred five and like taken thirty minutes to get one rep. Like yeah, like enough. I've case. walked away from it. I I, it's like there's just days where you just look at it and you just like you give the bar the middle finger, kick it away from you. Like I'm done with you because yeah, you're smarter than I am. <laughs> That's why. But. Yeah, I, I mean, and again, to I don't mean to beat the CrossFit thing into the ground, but it spills into all other areas of life. Like you just learn that it's okay to be uncomfortable, you know, and that's why I think I mentioned the teens and kids program that we have. I think it's great for these kids to run up against the wall that we see, you know, because yeah. they get through it and all of a sudden you see in their eyes, they're like, oh, I can... Oh, it's, I can work for an extra minute. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's great seeing some of the kids, like, even before I came into the program, uh, seeing a lot of those kids that are still around, how far they've progressed. It's it's insane. Like, how far they've come in the, the period of time that they've put into it. Uh, and, and there's something in the water, man. There is something going on because some of these kids have gotten so big, so quick. Yes. Like, that did not happen to me. Maybe I'm just, just not, like, maybe I have some bad genes going on. <laughs> I did not grow like some of these children. Some of these children are bigger than me, have bigger muscles than me, have more <laughs> facial hair than I do. And like... <laughs> I am not, I'm not like a, a midget, but what is, what, you know what I'm talking, I don't want to I definitely, names, most, of the, most of the teens, I'm like this, I'm like, I'm looking up and like, hey, we're going to work out today, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> crazy. 
it's insane. So like, gee, there's something in the meat or like uh, in the water going on. But uh, yeah, again, I think it's great for your mental acuity, whatever you want to talk about. Like just that there's a lot of this positive bullshit going on, which kills me all, all the time, you know, like inspirational people on different social media outlets and things like that. But like, you really don't understand that until you do it and you get kicked in the face like you could tell yourself every day oh uh, you know today is a day that's better than yesterday and you could do tomorrow so much but like <laughs> until you get kicked in the face man it really doesn't resonate at least that's yeah. that's how i feel you know yeah there's some ass. workouts that you're just like you put your head down and it's like it, it doesn't matter how loud the music is or how loud people are yelling around you. There's times you just get down and you put your head down and it's just like, that's it. No. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> yeah I'm dead right now, but I'm moving as well. Yeah. You know, zombie mode is what I'm like. Call I can it. do this and then you do it. <laughs> yeah. And CrossFit also led us to our fantasy football league. Oh, we can geez. start talking. Well, I, we can talk about it because I'm sitting with the champion of Woo! the JSA CrossFit fantasy football league. I'm also sitting with the runner up to the. <laughs> aka yourself <laughs> yes hey but you didn't do too bad in the fan duel leagues either you and i were battling out most weekends oh yeah that that uh what was the name of that league weekly wonders weekly wonders that's it that yes. was, that league was great you know i had a lot it was it was a lot of fun uh that's the guy dan i used to work with at uh k honda okay he uh does that um he gets me involved every year and then i reach out to you guys uh justin did it a few times but you were consistent all year yeah um um, but yeah, that league, you back and forth, back and forth. Kyle, how do I get a star next to my name? Because I see like people with black stars. Like, do I just have to put more money into it? Like Taubes had a black star. And like some of the guys like had like like a star next to their name on FanDuel. You don't I know? I have no idea. No idea? He might be like a power player or something yeah, like but that. Like, what do, do I have to just spend more money? Uh... Maybe. He, uh, I know Dan plays a lot. Dan plays, uh, he, uh... He does basketball. He does football. Like he he does a decent amount of money through uh through right. Fanduel. Here's the here I'm pulling oh, it up. Fanduel.com/experienced. So they have experienced player indicators. I'm guessing it's for fish like us, so that we know if we're gonna get rolled or not. Well, yeah, because you can go into the lobbies and you could see some of the players that are playing, and especially if you uh, are one of those people that follows uh, a lot of the experts on Twitter. You'll know their names when you see them on in the FanDuel. You're like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't put my money here. It's great. I'll I'll bring up like what type of multi-billion or million-dollar industry it is now. But basic. So for FanDuel, and I'm sure they have like a DraftKings equivalent, but yeah. experience player requirements more than 500 total contests entered, or okay, so it's an or. It doesn't have to be a, or 25. 101 across six or more contests and if like you zoom over those guys it like kind of shows either like their biggest win yeah you know or like their all-time winnings and it's like man twenty five hundred dollars one across six contests or more that's a lot of money to me yeah look at highly experienced that's highly crazy. experienced player requirements more than a thousand total contests entered or 1001 in four or more contests so, so you have to win over a thousand dollars no you have to win over a thousand dollars in four contests to be highly experienced oh it's not a cross like no a hundred or it's a thousand plus one in four or more Could contests you, all right so here here's a scenario and i've always thought about what i would do what if you won a thousand dollars from a fan duel contest what would you do what would you buy i know oh what would i buy yeah what would you buy I have I have set what I want to buy. I'm just a thousand dollars 
Oof. I would buy the jersey of every single person in my lineup. <laughs> I would do it. Dude, there's there's places online you can get those jerseys pretty cheap. You'd have oh, money left getting... over. No, man. If I No, you thousand... can get autographed stuff. What? I thought you meant like the Chinese jersey. No. I have a Chinese one of the pod... one of the podcasts that I follow. It's uh <laughs> pristine auction okay they do they talk about shit that goes off on there all the time you can get like a during the season there was like a signed david johnson jersey it was like less than a hundred bucks shout out to david johnson uh did you have who picked david johnson uh i want to say christian oh it was christian that had poor bastard. david johnson ezekiel elliott it was great just decimated <laughs> oh and you don't you guys don't know christian but he's just like i'm christian i'm angry <laughs> Like, I'm angry all the time. And so it's uh, it's just He funny. wasn't as angry as Justin was this season. Yeah, but God, I mean, thank you. There is a God because he just frustrated the hell out. He almost made it, though, didn't he? He almost made it at the end of yeah, it Yeah, uh, it, it came down to one of those losses that he had. And if he would have just won one game, he would have gotten in. I love fantasy. I but yeah, if I won a thousand dollars, if I sh- shit, if I won like five hundred dollars, I would go on a jersey buying spree because that would be the coolest thing ever. And well, here's my question. Yeah, that thousand dollars. Uh huh. Does Michelle know I have it? No, I mean, <laughs> you're you're talking in public right now, but I okay, yeah. Let's let's paint the <laughs> That's scenario. why it was a fake your whisper. Wife, <laughs> your wa- your wife doesn't know that you have the thousand dollars. What do you do with it? Probably a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some sweet comic book that I don't have. What's what's like what's the mecca of comic books that like what, oh, what would it be? Mecca of comic books that I would love to own. The thousand dollars wouldn't even touch that. But for a thousand dollars, I could probably Am I allowed to put in my own money at all? I mean, you're allowed to put in a percent. Sure. I mean, if it gets you there, you're like, well, it's only like, you know, 250 with the thousands. It's $1,200 comic. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. So in that scenario, uh, probably I would get Fantastic Four number five. The uh, first appearance of Doctor Doom. Uh, You can get probably like a raw copy, not a graded copy for around that. And it'll probably look like toilet paper. All right. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Raw versus graded. I don't. This is something I have no idea. So raw comic is just like uh, it's just a comic. Uh, It's bagged and boarded or whatever. Uh, A slabbed or graded comic is either through like CGC, I think PDX or CBCS is another company. It's those ones that come in the plastic cases they got the little label across the front and they got a number up in the the corner and which one is more valuable cgc is the like the industry standard okay so you know it's for real yeah because you can check them uh they have numbers on them that are uh like you can go to their website and put the cgc number in and it'll tell you when it was graded and all this stuff look at that That that's it though right that yeah it's a really it's a cool book because dr doom is my favorite villain really yeah oh. like i collect a lot of uh silver age comics Okay, uh, hold on. Nope. Just stop you there. What is a Silver Age comic? Silver Age is like, uh, I don't know the exact years. It's like the 60s and 70s is generally where it falls. Um, like, I'm a nerd, but I'm not like super nerd where I know like all. It's generally, I tend to fall into like the the, the 60s and 70s yeah. with my comics. So yeah, period 56 to 70. And then prior to 56, they consider golden age. Okay. And then after uh, silver age, there's bronze. Okay. And then modern. 
Uh, I think bronze stopped in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Really? So, like, basically when we were born. And then yeah. comics were in the Bronze Age. D- yeah, and then modern age is, like, you know, I think late 80s, early 90s, and forward is considered modern. But I collect a lot of uh, Silver Age stuff, a lot of Marvel. Um, basically, well, I'm very, like, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't collect runs. I collect what grabs me, like the cover. So you, you're talking about runs as in not like a series? Is like that a story, yeah, like, either like a story arc, like not necessarily like one to like for instance 100 i uh that's not a story arc a story arc could be like three or four issues maybe even eight depending on what it is but uh i don't collect runs uh i collect like a comic like a cover that comes out to me or um key comics like first appearance of this person that person stuff like that so dr doom's your favorite villain who's your favorite superhero (sighs) that's a tough one I mean, I'm a Spider-Man guy. I, I I love Spider-Man. Um, I got Spider-Man socks on right now. No joke. It's it's really a tough one. I have a Spider-Man I, shirt on as well. <laughs> I love a, I love a lot of the characters. I love a lot of the the uh, the older characters that they have, like the ones that came from like the Avengers and stuff like that. Um, it's tough. Like, if well, maybe I, this is a better way to frame the question. So, you know, like. Comics are now movies, basically. Yeah. You know, that's how kids know, because they don't know comics. So what is the best? What has come across in movies, either the most accurate or you like the best so far? Like, for, Well, that's that's subjective. That's person to person. But for me, um, I think from the Marvel aspect of things, probably for me personally, the most consistent movies have been uh, Captain America. Really? Yeah, I really enjoyed I felt like the first one was really good. Uh, the second one was good, uh, The Winter Soldier. The third one, like it was, a, it was like this grand spectacle, but it was still really. You're talking cool. about Civil War? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, obviously, it's like it's like their interpretation of things. Uh, like I never read the Civil War storyline, but I know it's it things go differently in the comic book than they do. But in there's the movie. an actual Civil War series. Mm-hmm. Really? There's been several. Oh really? Yeah, like different characters have been on the opposing end of things. Uh, like in the Civil War, that they kind of ad, ad uh, adapted. It was Iron Man and uh, what do you call it? Um, Captain America. Uh, so I'm I'm bringing this up. So when I was a kid, I actually read comics. So I DC versus Marvel. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, this was my like. This is what I picked. My dad like picked this up in the store for me. Do you, do you ever remember this? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like so, like you know, Spider Man fighting Batman or Robin or something, like Wolverine and and uh, Lobo. Lobo, yeah, exactly. And like the Hulk and Superman, it was awesome. And I've always been a Marvel guy. I don't know what it I'm, is. I'm a Marvel guy. What is it? Can you pinpoint that? Like we saw. Okay, so CrossFit people are anal retentive. Like, why do I like Marvel comments? Is, is it just like is it a certain style? Because I don't know what it is. I can't get into DC anything. I almost got into Wonder Woman, but I like I really just like the movie. I mean, but I'm not yeah. into it. I heard the I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. I heard it was really good. It's it was their, a really great. Movie. Their cinematic universe is poop. Well, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't give Justice League a sniff. Oof. Not even a whiff from their, like 15 their, feet away. Their movies are rough, but uh, I don't know. It's I guess it's the characters that speak to you or whatever, you know, brought like brought you probably into the comic book world. Like I know for me, 
Um, what brought me into comics was uh, the like early '90s uh, X Men. Oh yeah, the, like the TV series on Fox. Yeah, and then the, that was pretty much like the the comic book too. Yeah, Yellow um, Wolverine. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, that was like that was my introduction to comic books. Uh, I lived uh, like I. I live in Brick. I grew up in Brick. That's where I'm from. And right down the street from my house, back in the day, when I was able to ride my bike, there was a comic shop. And well, I would go there. You're not able to ride your bike anymore. Well, not to a comic shop. <laughs> There's no, they're nowhere near here anymore. Really? Like, I'd have, to, I'd have to go to, like, Tom's River. Is the or one Fable. in Red Bank, uh, is is that one even relevant? Secret or no? Sash. Um, it's, like, a cool little destination spot. But outside of that, like, I've been there, um, like, I guess if you're going there for just, like, current books, yeah, but they don't have, like, a huge selection because it's, like, almost like a museum to the view. So Askew Red Bank universe. is where you'd have to go to get to, like, a real comic books? Well, order? my comic shop that I go to is uh, Steve's Comic Relief in Tom's River. Oh, really? Like, you got a comic book store? Yeah, like, everybody has their... Uh, their local comic book shop that they go to but you're saying that it's not like when you were a kid and oh I, when i was a kid it was comics plus and it was in brick like right where uh because there were more like uh, yeah there just used to be more especially like um in the 90s like they were printing comic books like it was going out of style um but i think that's what hurt the comic book industry especially marvel because that's when uh i don't know if it was necessarily the 90s but whenever it was that's when marvel lost a lot of their movie rights because they started to lose money so that's why Sony has Spider-Man and Venom and why, uh, well, Fox had Fantastic Four and all them until Marvel, Disney bought Fox. And you, that's funny because both of those kind of have sucked. I mean, the Fantastic Four, they rebooted that like what, oh. three times so far. Well, that's why they kept rebooting it, because if they didn't, they would have reverted the movie rights back to Marvel. Oh, so they so like, they had to fart out a movie every couple of years. <laughs> That's basically what they did. Use it or lose it, basically. Yeah. They, oh, it, and Spider Man. I mean, I again, I could get into uh, Tobey Maguire wasn't bad. Um, I like I, that first movie. I enjoyed it. It's okay. It was the quintessential. It felt like Spider Man, but it, it kind of lacked an edge. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm crazy, but um, and then the Andrew Garfield one was just a little bit. I, they didn't read. They didn't need to retell the origin story. Like, so Spider Man's been Spider Man's been around forever. Like, yeah, I know what happened. So you're cool with Homecoming, just kind of <laughs> absolutely okay, hundred percent. I loved how it picked up right after Civil War, and it kind of had the little snippets of that, like like that whole like uh, scene when he was like. Uh, you saw a little bit more behind the scenes of the Civil War when he's like talking into his phone. I thought that was hilarious. Oh my God, it's Captain America. Yeah. Oh, there's a big guy. I gotta go. Oh, I, gotta go. I gotta go. No, it, and, and you know what? Like that character fits into the Disney Marvel yeah, so absolutely. well. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. When does, what's it called? It's the summer. It comes out, right? Uh, Like, what's it? Megadeth. No, it's it's like uh, the oh, event. Infinity War? Yeah. Infinity yeah, War. it comes out uh in May. Like, right after my birthday. Oh, and you know, I'm just going to get super dorky. So, I just watched Thor Ragnarok, which I thought was really awesome. I yeah, thought it was... I, it was it was cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and so in there, the guy who's like the master of that planet, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> is how I know him. And he, he's just Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, but That's him, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I hear that he's going to play a role with the collector from... Um, I don't... Well, know. their part... If, like, like I said, I... like. I'm a nerd, but I'm not like super like I don't know a whole lot. Like it, I'm more um into current 
comics. Um, so that type of stuff, it's hard to believe. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, he's part of, uh, like, the Collector, it's called the Ancients or something like that. Yeah, They're yeah, a group yeah. of people. Um, and, uh, or Elder, yeah, is it Elders or the Ancients? I think that's the Collector, yeah. I am the collector. We're, we're looking it up on the computer yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Google.com. Yeah, so you see all the names right there. But they're going to, like, kind of weave that in, it, right? Because that guy who owns that planet or who built that planet is one of the Ancients, right? Yeah, that's why they all had, like, the the, the kind of, like, bluish look on their face. Yeah. Uh, that's supposed, I think that's what's supposed to interlock them, if I'm not mistaken. And that that's cool. I mean... You know, in the wake of the Big Bang. It's great because it all goes back to, like, the existence story. These races lived in the first galaxies to form in the wake of the Big Bang, the event that began the universe. The Elders' races achieved an extraordinarily high level of civilization before they died out. That's It's just cool. It's, it yeah, goes... Marvel's yeah. had stuff like this. Like, they have, uh, like, the, the Ancients, and then I think there's another group called the Celestials. Oh, that's, um... That's where Ego comes from. That's, yeah. The, that's from... Guardians. Uh, Guardians, which I love. But I, I don't think in the comic books, uh, what do you call it? Um, that was Star-Lord's father in the comics. Oh, Galacticus is that one? Huh. I don't know. But I love when they like when they they put it all together. I feel like yeah. Infinity Wars is gonna be like the like the key to it all. Yeah, it's it, all the the whole thing has been leading up to this. So Spider-Man has a kick-ass new outfit. The Iron Spider. The Iron Spider. I love that shit, man. That's cool. All right, so comic books. I, I, I'm glad that we're both Marvel people. I really would love to know why I've been drawn to Marvel. I guess my dad was the one who got me into it, and he just basically had Marvel comics. Yeah, Marvel, I guess it's, like I said, from the early 90s, I just was drawn to the X-Men. But don't you think that there's got to be something behind it? Because Disney didn't buy DC. They bought Marvel. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably something in there. I don't know. That's cool. Do you like how I put on the board? Just in case, like, we ran out of stuff. Like, I wrote stuff (laughs) up. Do you see this? Yeah. I got, so, CrossFit. Fantasy. Kids Fitness Fantasy, which we went down that road a little bit. (laughs) The Fitness Chow. Oh, Kirk Cousins. Oh, Jesus. What do you think about that? That poor bastard. Who, Kirk? Yeah. Why poor he's gonna get paid. He yeah, but he's gonna get so much he money. He had a really good thing going for him in Washington. You're out of your mind, a good that that doesn't make sense. A good thing in Washington. He was he was playing well there. Dude, he's going okay, so what do you just make the call. I I mean, because I think this is where he's going. Ooh. I think he's going to Denver for sure. I think that oof. Emmanuel Sanders and uh Demarius Thomas becoming super relevant again. Yeah, I, I'm, you know everyone keeps talking. About, so I think, and this this is great because they have up here all of the 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 teams that basically need a quarterback. Um, so they have the Jets, the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Browns. So Browns should just not be allowed to I get know. anybody that has. Did you talent. know that? Did you know that Doug Peterson was the quarterback for the Browns? Doug Peterson, the guy who is coaching the eagles now did you know he was no there was this article i was reading online about how um the browns beat uh bill belichick when he was first coaching the patriots mm-hmm. how funny is that so like in one of the first playoff appearances that bill Be- belichick ever had when he first started coaching the patriots doug peterson at quarterback for the <laughs> cleveland browns beat him 
and now they're facing off in the Super Bowl. That's Isn't awesome. that weird? I, I did not know Doug Peterson was that good of a quarterback. I feel like the NFL, like the coaching trees, are very incestual. <laughs> they are. Inc- no, you're right. It's like uh, you know, like there's the Andy Reid tree. Yeah. There's a Jeff Fisher tree, and they are all. Uh, there's a Gruden tree, which I'm so stoked he's coming back. But I digress. Kirk Cousins. So you got the Jets. You got the Cardinals, who I never thought about because, you know, they got. Carson's not I, coming back, or he retired, or something. I think like he, that. I think he said he retired. I think he's gone. So Cardinals, no Kirk Cousins. The Broncos obviously aren't. If uh, I, mean, I was Simmons Kirk Cousins, I would pick between. If if he had the choice, I would say between the Broncos and. Well, is is so? Are they retaining Kirk Cousins? Do they still have rights to him, or is he going to be a free agent? That's the only thing I don't know. I think they're going to let him because if you look at the winners and losers of the Alex Smith trade, which we're reading right now, um, I think winner Cousins is so much better leaving Washington. Blah blah blah. Uh, Yeah, you have one year without Cousins is likely to set the market values. So I think that he's he's going to be a free agent because they're not going to pay him. He's been on the, that stupid, uh, what's it called? Um, franchise. Franchise tag for yeah. the past couple of years. So he's going to go out there and make like $80 million. And that's, that's even not even a lie. Alex Smith got $94 million with $70 million guaranteed. I think if they could... Uh, did Larry Fitzgerald say he's going to come back next uh, year? I mean... God, I mean, that guy. Seriously. He's timeless. He is. And especially for fantasy. Like, one week, I had, like, the weirdest lineup. I had, like, Larry Fitzgerald. I had Marshawn Lynch. It was like uh, a... Kurt Warner. Larry Fitzgerald appears to lean towards returning. This guy. I feel like if he was to get Kirk Cousins, it would probably lean him more towards returning. Yeah, and again, like, you think the Cardinals has have one of the best defenses, right? Yeah. In and the league. Then they get... uh david johnson back yeah his like, hand that's that was such a that was curveball like this year. it's like i honestly think if he would have done what he did he probably could have been that uh that running back that won somebody a championship and i think he could have went a thousand plus yards rushing as well as receiving well, he, Alvin Kamara kind of took his place. Shut up. What's up, Alvin? I, <laughs> I had him in other leagues. Uh, yeah, of course, but not in the league that met. Well, I guess it didn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny because he that, – that switched everything out. He was the consensus number one going in. Like you were either, Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? Who else were you picking? Him or Le'Veon? Le- yeah, Le- it was basically – so the consensus top three before uh, – what's his name? Ezekiel Elliott was facing the uh, – the suspension they were the top three it was uh johnson bell and ezekiel because everybody wanted that bell cow running back that's what you want always go if there is something that you're going to take from this podcast always draft running backs wide receivers you can get them on the waiver wire it's no problem you can tears what tears what do you mean it's all about tear drafting yeah uh, okay if you don't know what it is Google it. No, it'll don't change Google. your life. No, let's bring power to the people. All right, so what, tier, well, how do you tier do drafting. So basically, what it does is you have your tiers uh, based on position, and it's not tiering. Uh, so like when you go to your uh, Yahoo, ESPN, whatever you use, your slave rankings that they slam <laughs> on you right there, and then you become you become this slave to those rankings because you want to get that a that a report card from your draft because <laughs> drafts win you your championship they don't no no that's <laughs> but, right but so tier drafting what it does is it gives you 
tier one, tier two, tier three, however the the person or group that you use to break that down and it gives you value. It's like, all right, well, with this pick, I really wanted to pick up, uh, we're talking about our man Larry Fitzgerald here. They might put him in like a, you know, we're middle of the draft, so maybe like a third or fourth tier. Yeah. Um, but you see on the other end of things that running back's pretty thin and you're like, all right, so the third tier running backs, by the time I come back around on my snake draft, they're probably going to be gone. But in Larry Fitzgerald's tier, there's quite a bit of guys that I can still pick up that I still like those names. And I think I'll get it's based on production, what they think they're going to produce throughout the year. And at that point, like it's not like oh, one, two, three, four. They put them in a block and it's a range. Too. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the the price or the not the price, the point differential is like negligible. Yeah. According to their uh, their stats. Yeah. So it's like it makes you choose. Like, all right, well, I want to I want to get that better player. And then I know on the way back around, I might not get Larry Fitzgerald, but I can get a player that's very similar. To it's him. just so much easier to do a tier style because you're like, OK, I need a tier one running back. I need a tier one wide receiver. I need a tier two. Like and and those people are available in so, like you might be able to get a tier two wide receiver in this fifth sixth seventh round of your draft yeah so that's why you don't need to take the best available slave rankings that's going to be taken the exact wrong way but that is so funny that's what, never... that's what it is if you ever saw the league you ever watch that i've watched it's yeah. like uh when he calls in uh there's this one episode where what's his name uh kevin calls into like his local radio show and he's like who do i t- who do you rank higher and the radio shows is like don't be a slave to the rankings <laughs> And it's, that's what it is. A lot of people, like, be, they become, like, this mindless ranking slave. When they look at it, they're like, it's well, I have to take him because he's ranked higher. Just tell me what to do. Just just tell me what to do. I don't care. I don't want to think for myself. Tears are too hard. It's a range. And Well, I, that's I cool. Do. If that's how you want to think, I'll just take your money. That's right. Well, now you're screwed because everyone knows your secret. So you're, well, you're going Well, come on. Down. If you don't know, if you're playing serious fantasy football and you don't know tier ranking, you are not playing serious fantasy football. I know, but isn't that funny? Like, people. People, uh, for most people, I guess it's still like a leisure sport. But oh, that's what I wanted to look at. What? How? How big is the fantasy industry? What you want to make a guess? Fantasy sports. I don't even. I wouldn't even know where. Do you do anything else except football? Or I've done hockey, and it's like watching paint dry. It is fifteen billion dollars. <laughs> Jesus. Eleven billion of it being for football. That's crazy. But it's funny because I, well, last year, do you remember like I got way into daily fantasy last yeah. year and I was like, I was into basketball, which is a whole nother animal because you have I to, can't do basketball. You have to be on because you don't know who's, one night, I'll never forget this. There, it was a King, it was a Sacramento Kings versus the Pelicans game. And like I had DeMarcus Cousins when he was still in Sacramento. Anyway, yeah. so I have him in, he's a max value player. My whole, all my 50 lineups or whatever I made are all around DeMarcus Cousins. There turned out to be condensation in the arena and the floors were wet and they didn't play that game. <laughs> I did not switch out to Marcus Cousins, and I lost, like, you know, whatever the 50 bucks was. But for a day? Yeah. But you have to be so on top of it. Damn. Because they're swapping people. Same thing in hockey. Like Same you thing have, with football. You have to be on top of it. But you have a week, man. I'm talking, this, the basketball, the baseball stuff, they don't release lineups until, yeah, like, that's true. Three, like, an hour or two before the game. And then in hockey, a lot of uh, sometimes players can be healthy scratches. Yeah, and you have oh, to know Oh, they're the not line. playing today. And you're like, what the you hell? You have to know who's on what line. Maybe someone moved up a line. Yeah. What lines are performing as a coach. So there's so much 
Yeah, who's crazy. on a hot streak, who's on a cold streak. It is literally, if you get such an edge by being a fantasy sports player, you know? I, I feel like it definitely has helped my, uh, my year-long fantasy because you tend to pay attention to players that you normally wouldn't, especially if you're playing in tournaments and stuff like that, because you have to find that home run guy. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to build a lineup around Rob Gronkowski Le'Veon Bell, no, this no. and that. And it's like, because that's what everybody else is going to do. What are the, Contrarian. You have to be yes. somewhat contrarian. Yeah, like, obviously, you got to have those cornerstones. Yeah. But the contrarian picks are what's going to win but you But sometimes you play, like, Julio Jones this year, I don't know how many times he fucked me. <sighs> but he, yeah, exactly. Julio Jones was like, oh, you got to play Julio this week. Got to play Julio. And nev- he never really hit this, this, uh, this year for me. That's that was my thing with uh, daily or not daily uh, yearly fantasy. Um, I'm also I come from the uh, the logic of the streaming quarterback. I'm not one of those people Ooh. that uh, just goes and drafts like one of those big name quarterbacks because um, you're wasting a a high draft pick on a quarterback. Obviously, they're going to produce, but um, there's. There's like, lack of better term, research out there that uh, there's been people that do it and they'll stream a quarterback and uh, based on their rankings or their points total from streaming those quarterbacks, the one that I read, they had the number six quarterback all year from streaming quarterbacks. Well, it's it's very, uh, the quarterback performance is very dependent on the matchup. Absolutely. Just like defense. And I, I do the same I thing. I stream defenses. I, I stream tight ends. Me too. You took the words out of my mouth, you son of a bitch. I do the same thing with those three positions. And I mean, it can kind of screw you. But think about it this year. Like, if you just took a flyer at quarterback, like you took someone like Kirk Cousins, Captain yeah. Kirk. But then, you you know, I don't know. You got lucky and you picked up Deshaun Watson. Like you- I had Deshaun Watson in one league. Uh, I traded for him. And I got a couple weeks out of them, and then disaster struck. I know, but you got like I got a couple weeks out two of max them. weeks out. Yeah, of them, you know, and then you moved on to the next guy. Maybe Blake Bortles had like a good. And that's the, that's the other thing about the streaming mentality is you don't become married to players because there's some people that just are like, well, I have this player, I have to play him. Bobby Flag. <laughs> I love Bobby. Ma- married to a team, so that, I love that when people like uh, are Dallas Cowboys fans, or in this case, a Patriots fan, and they just like they're playing Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. I'm a Giants fan. I don't think I had, or the only Giant player that I drafted in uh, one league because I had to was Evan Ingram. Uh, but that's understandable this year. Okay, so going back to the quarterback discussion, what do you think about Eli? Do you think he's staying? Yeah, he's gonna stay. Um, I I feel like if things didn't shift like they did within the franchise, um, I feel like there could have been a possibility of him uh, making his way to like Jacksonville or something. I will still take out a prop bet that he gets picked up by Jacksonville. It's a possibility. If he went to Jacksonville, I'd be totally fine with that. There's all this stuff going on with Blake Bortles uh, injury, surgery. Have you heard about this? No. Oh yeah, man. He like, he pulled a, a fast one. Like he got surgery so that they would have to keep him on the roster. Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Surgery, surgery, surgery. Yeah. Like he's been injured since 2016, supposedly, but on he got wrist. surgery on his wrist because it held the team to some type of, uh, contingency that they had to keep him on the, the roster. <sighs> Yeah, that's that's interesting, right? I I don't like this. This smells really bad. 
And even though they made the FC Championship game, I think that what the what the Jacksonville Jaguars are thinking is if they had anyone but Blake Bortles under quarterback, that they would have won that game. There, yeah. Um, he just he he's a game manager on his best day. On his best, you got it, man. He's like Alex Smith on his best day. You know what? But Alex Smith this year. He was good. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't. I don't know. I just think I, I showed in the playoffs. He's he's one of those like, if Alex Smith like through most of the season was probably on your waiver wire, but as the it progressed and people were getting hurt and not performing, he was probably steadfast on a roster. Alex Smith was a streaming option almost every week. But he, I never believed in the Chiefs. I don't know what it was. I just kind of knew that If they... I'm not mistaken, I streamed him week one in one league. I don't know if it was ours, but it was definitely... I, I play in four leagues. Uh-huh. So Maybe. sometimes it, like the the roster becomes like one melded like I'm like oh shit I got this player <laughs> and then I'm like this wrong league but don't no you, don't you I hate it when you like you have Leonard Fournette but you're also playing him in another league and it's like you have to decide you're like, bet- do I like it's him this like week or not dude it was like oh man I'm betting against myself fuck <laughs> but see what I wind up doing and maybe this is the worst case scenario when it comes i usually wind up picking the same cohort of players across all my leagues so that i don't run into that issue there That's was probably a terrible there idea. was some overlap on my teams but i tried to change it up a little bit and it worked out because i had different draft spots so just by that you tend to pick up different players and then with the tier drafting like it gives you um you're like all right well i picked up this guy in my other league all right let's pick up this guy he's in the same tier so it, it helps with that, too. I, I went all in on Alvin Kamara. Thanks, Alvin. At least you you won me. How much money did how much money did I make? Like 300 bucks out of the league, right? From So you have, I think you have, what, two, two of the, the high scores. Yeah. So that was 40 bucks. And then second place got... How much did, how much did first place win again, Kyle? 325. Ooh. And then I had high score three times. Ooh. What? Oh, man. That's like a sweet $400 a year. We'll see how it goes. So, uh, yeah, let, we'll wrap up the fantasy part of this because I'm sure people are... In, They're like, am I listening to a fantasy football podcast? No, you know, I made I made it very transparent that I'm into several different things. I'm yeah. a nut, nutcase, so you're going to get a lot of this. But so what? who are the picks uh, next year? Who is it at the top? Are you just going to slot into like David Johnson again or no way? There, there has to be an argument for him to still be a first round draft pick. Um, Todd Gurley, you think number one? Todd Gurley, uh, but there's, there's those years that Todd Gurley disappears. I like Todd Gurley. I, think- I, I like Todd Gurley, but can he uh, replicate? You know what? The he NFC might. West sucks. The Seahawks. Jared suck. Goff, like he showed himself to be a very capable quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying yeah. the best, yeah. but very capable. Well, but but I it, I always like to look at like who they're playing six games against. It's the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and who else is out there? Yeah, but the, like everybody's like all about that Seahawks defense. They're another year older. They're no, another year. No they're another year it. of arguing with each other. Oh, the 49ers who everyone's like, oh Jimmy Garoppolo, you know he's so good. They, the Patriots totally. Yeah, they like kept anointed him. him as like the second coming it's of Jesus. Crazy. Have you like <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is taking San Francisco to the Super Bowl? Like just like before last season, they were talking about how the Jets weren't going to win more than two games. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I I don't know. I love Todd Gurley as a number one. I guess. 
Le'Veon Bell, depending on where he goes, because have you heard all this bullshit about him going? He said if he gets franchised again, he'll retire. Oh, I think really? that's what I read. Really? Yeah, he said if I get franchised again, I'm retiring. There was a, oh, there's some, uh, there was some type of. Um, and let's be honest, uh, as good as, uh, what do you call it? Um, Lev Bell and Antonio Brown was this year. Big Ben, except for like that run at the end of the year, he was poop. Hot guard. They, they have another. Oh, no, no. They have that John Connor. John Connor. They have John Connor behind. Yeah. Him. That's why I think they're going to be okay with letting him go. I really, I can't find the article like where the trade rumor was of him going. But um, he, I, maybe it was like, I thought it was some nasty like Cincinnati. Like they were talking about bringing him to. Ooh. Right? Just be, stay in the division. That'd be nasty. Those games are already gross. Yeah. And that would get so ugly if he went to Cincinnati. But, but uh, your boy, I think your boy Alvin Kamara is definitely going to make a strong case for a first round draft pick. Really? Yeah. Um, Even with Mark Ingram sitting next to him back there? They both had the volume that they needed to produce. And in that in that offense, uh, Drew Brees is always going to spread the ball around. You know who took over? Who I also was on, but I was just on him way too early and way too hard. Was Derrick Henry? Yeah, hundred percent. Like he came in and he was he was daddy in the backfield. Yeah, you know what, what's his name? Uh, who's the other guy there? He used to be the cowboy. I can't remember. Demarco Murray. Demarco Murray's gone. Yeah, I mean, he was hot garbage. It's so too. sad. It's so. I I was reading another article online about how it was like, oh, you think all NFL. Uh, players are millionaires think again like for every Matt Stafford who gets you know 80 million dollars there's like 27 cornerbacks that are being paid league minimum and and these guys like again it's great for DeMarco Murray but you got to think like that guy had how long of a career like he had he had a decently long career five years you're gonna talk what I think the average they say the average NFL career is what four years not for long I know it's not for but like dude what think about that put yourself like you do something as special and cool as being an NFL running back and you're like all right you get five years and then you're done Unless you get like one of these coveted jobs as an assistant coach or a coach, or or you do something, what are you gonna go do? Like, well, everybody's an analyst nowadays. <laughs> but not really. Think about how many jobs those are in relationship to how many players there have been. Yeah, I think, and I'm getting kind of weird now, but I feel like this has a little bit to do with the CTE thing and with players going crazy. I think a lot of it is that they get exposed to this certain type of lifestyle. They're in the limelight to the max, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, it just ripped out from under you. Yeah. Imagine that, man. Yeah, but then there's players like uh, Marshawn Lynch. Like, uh, I believe I've read articles about him that says, I don't think he's spent a dime of any of the money he's made. Uh, but that's not that's not the norm, man. And he's 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 what 31, 32? So he played for a long time. But even from a fulfillment perspective, like, yeah. what do you do with your days? You're just gonna golf and like live off your money and maybe start like a restaurant business? And yeah. I feel like a lot of them start businesses and a lot of the businesses fail. It's tough. Businesses fail in general, right? Like how many of them do you think start camps and, you know, start gyms or something like that? And and again, but it's just not that high level. I bet you that a lot of this depression and stuff, and I believe in the CTE thing. Like I do, I think it's like, I think there's definitely some, uh, it definitely, it definitely alters like, uh, like the way they think about things and stuff like but, that. But um, the the factor that they're not accounting for is that these guys get to live as superstars and then all of a sudden 
It's there's done. nothing. It, there's yeah. n- all the all the lights are taken away. God only knows what that does to your relationships. If you're the, with the wrong woman at that point, yeah. and you lose, you know the, you know. And it also depends on the people you have around you that were. Um, some of these guys, like they, they have these people around them that they're trying to trust with their money, and some of them, you know, get fleeced. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the other running back, McFadden. Uh, apparently, I was reading that Bitcoin uh, <laughs> thing that happened to him. He gave some dude like three million to invest in Bitcoin, and at the time when he would have done that, it would have equated to what, like two hundred forty million now. And he, and he, and the guy, the guy took the money and ran. That's great. Like, nah, dude, Bitcoin. And speaking of Bitcoin, I mean, I'm going to get Greg Marcus on this podcast. He's one of those guys that shine away. You remember Greg, right? Yeah. Yeah, he would be perfect on this because he just likes to talk. He turned on. I feel like I got I got fleeced because Greg was like, dude, you got to invest in Bitcoin. And then as soon as I did, I had like two weeks. And then like every other asshole that invested in it back in what, like October, November, it's down to 10,000 it might be lower than 10,000 yeah i that's one of the things i like it's all about the hype and i never got into it i'm not like i'm not like a stock market savvy i feel like the the bit the the cryptocurrency is just like uh like i feel bad saying this but it's like a millennial stock market yeah sure. it's just like i can't i it's i don't know enough about it i'm not educated enough to make a a proper decision so i just stay away from it but I think what you're missing is that there's nothing to be educated on. Like, it's just a dream that that they are selling. I yeah. mean, and they did sell. And, you know, who knows? Maybe right now this is just, you know, in, a, in any market it goes up and down. But uh, you got to think a lot of people kind of fell for that. Well, in, from in what I've moment. read online, like uh, the guy that started crypto or Bitcoin, they don't even know who, like they know his name, but they really don't know who he it's is. Like goddamn Jedi. And he, and yeah. he took like uh, how much of the shares and just like disappeared. So what happens when he comes in and just goes like this and just dumps them on the market? I don't know. If it ever happens. I, I have FOMO. So like as soon as I saw everything taken off, I, I cannot be that one guy that's going to be like, oh, I didn't have a piece of Bitcoin or I didn't have a piece of Disney or I didn't have a piece of Amazon, you know, yeah. like like that guy. But I, I'm like you. I'm not the same. There is this really cool app out there. It's called Robinhood. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Robinhood, it lets you make, uh, it lets you invest in stocks and in any type of cryptocurrency free of any transaction charges. Hmm, interesting. It's really cool. So when you're talking about millennials, like it's definitely a way to get in. I just, I don't know, man. I've been much more into like actual gambling than gambling with the stock market because I'm not a bit like the my gambling is fantasy football and daily fantasy. That's as far as I go. Yeah, I'd rather. I I think I'd rather do that, but that's probably dumb. (laughs) I don't know. I got what other words do I have? So fantasy, we did we did good on fantasy. High five. Good job. <laughs> See, so you're my fantasy guy. So once the season rolls around, or I love fantasy baseball. I know it sounds crazy. It's just like the weather gets warmer. It's like it you can get on a roll of fantasy baseball. I mean, you should get into it, man. I might think about we, it. We could do it. And then we could have like a weekly fantasy baseball podcast. <laughs> That'd be great. That's part of it. That's what I'm going to do. But definitely for football. You're the returning champ. So we got to give all your secrets away. <laughs> Isn't it funny what I have up here? Uh, fantasy fitness challenge. Did it. Kirk Cousins did it. Comics. Dad. Oh, I was going to talk about being a dad, but we're good with that. Uh, CrossFit. Kids fitness. Tattoos and barbershop. <laughs> and then music. Uh, yeah. Those are some good ones to... To kind of lead us home. So yeah, you, the barbershop. You know what, man? You know why I put that up there is... Okay, so full disclosure, 
Kyle's wife cuts my hair, right? And I go into this. It's a it's a great scene because she works at this place called Le Palais, which is really, really nice. It's a great place. But I'm a dude. And so I walk in there and everything's pink and purple, right? It's all, uh, purple, gray, and black. Purple, gray, and black. It's like it's a, it's a hair salon. And yeah. I'm a dude. And I have longer hair. So it, it kind of makes sense. But it's like. You know, it's, it's if Michelle wasn't working there, I'm not sure that I'd I'd pick play <laughs> play. So shout out to Michelle. But uh, that's why I think, man, you should like you should bring back the Kyle the barber. I would love to, but it's the the problem is like you said, being the dad, um, and having the family with uh two fluctuating incomes. Yeah. because uh, you only make money if you're cutting somebody's hair, and uh, Michelle cuts hair and. Uh, for all intents and purposes, her boss is great. Like, okay. She she offers like I don't know exactly how many girls they have working there, but she offers uh health insurance. Wow. Which in that industry is like mind blowing. Uh, we were just talking. I was just talking that with someone else about how small businesses like that's one of the last things that they usually yeah. offer. So her her boss is great. Like that's great. I, I I can't say enough good things about her boss. Yeah. So but um. That being said, it doesn't give you the power to have good insurance. It, it gives you the power to get insurance, yes. which is good. It's you know, it's better than nothing. You're in a group that can buy insurance. Yes. Right? So, um, it's it, I felt like for me going uh, the transition from Philly to Jersey because I was cutting hair out in Philly for four years. That's where I went to school. Yeah. Um, I went to Gene Madeline Aveda Institute, and when I went out to hair school originally. Uh, I'm starting to backtrack a little bit. I but, like it. We're Tarantino um, this shit. Yeah. Um, when I went out there, uh, I originally I was just like this. I was like, I want to work at a salon. I want to do asymmetrical haircuts. I want to do color. I want to do this. I don't want to cut men's hair. I had zero interest in it. Then um, the one of the office girls, um, Tanya, she. What up, Tanya? Tanya. And one of the. Uh, I forget what she did. She was, I think she was in admissions. Um, but she, she's like, you know, uh, my boyfriend owns a barbershop. I think you should meet him. I'm like, okay. So me and him, uh, I went there. I got my hair cut by him. We shot the shit. Um, he's like, yo, I'd really like to have you come by, do some cuts and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right. Came by, did some cuts. You know, uh, I wasn't the best. I was still learning. Um, but he liked uh, what he saw, and I guess he liked what he saw in me. And he's like, when you get done with school, he's like, I'd like to have you work here. So basically, I fast forward through my 12 months of schooling, getting my hours and stuff like that. I sign my paperwork and I leave and I go to the barbershop like literally that day. And I started working at a barbershop. And if you would have asked me at the beginning of school, are you going to be working at a barbershop? I would have like, no. And I ended up at a barbershop and then I worked there for four years. Um, I built up a great clientele, super diverse. Like I can't tell you like all different walks of life. Yeah. I met some really cool people there. I love to live in Philadelphia. I still love that city. I, every chance I get to go back there, I love it. Really? Yeah. It was okay. great. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I worked my way up. You know, uh, they paid me really well and I was the manager of the shop at one point. Um, but then, uh, I decided to come back home. Uh, I met Michelle and then, uh, there was like this brief period where I worked at a tattoo shop. 
uh, White Lotus. I was the shop guy. It was like a couple month. Did period. you do tattoos? No, okay, I was okay. uh, I was like the shop guy. You okay. know, I don't know. I was the shop guy. Uh, breaking down setups, cleaning up, okay. making appointments, helping people when they come in, answer the phone, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, I did that for a couple months uh, as like a transition thing, and then I went back to Philly at the barbershop that I was at, but living in brick. So, oh, so it was an hour and 15 minute commute, hour and a half. Every day? Every day oh, for a year. man. That was after I met Michelle. So I did that for a year and, you know, it was fine. And then uh, we started, uh, like at the year mark is actually, uh, we got married a year in. So we were starting to think about family and everything like that. And I made the transition back to uh, working with uh, car dealerships like I did before I went out yeah. to Philly uh, because it was a stable income and uh, no, that all makes sense. Yeah, all that stuff. And then, but back to the barbershop thing uh, for me now to actually get back into that industry, I feel like I would have to own the shop. Okay. Um, I would have to be the owner and barber. I would own and then cut there as well. And then uh, so this way I'd have that supplemental income of the people working for me and I would collect that. And then it sounds like you got it all figured out. I have outlines of two different types of shops I would do if I were to put shops together. Okay. I have a name picked out. I have all that oh, stuff. What's, you can't, it's like a trademark. You don't want well, to no, it it's, I, Around here, they're actually, well, barbershops, they're all like, they're, I can't tell you how many well, times I've seen the I same I wanted name. to get your perspective kind of though. Hasn't, haven't barbershops kind of made a resurgence? Absolutely. Men's, men's grooming has been booming. <laughs> uh, like when you see when you see grooming companies grooming. like Paul Mitchell yeah start making like men's grooming products yeah you know it's something to be said within the industry okay because Paul Mitchell's like one of those companies like everybody knows Paul Mitchell you don't know anything about hair and you hear Paul Mitchell yeah I know Paul Mitchell yeah so they started making uh like men's grooming products and you're like okay like maybe this isn't just a fad it's like it's here and there's just like all these little companies like making their you got beard stuff you got companies making their own pomades this that and the other thing it's just all different types of stuff and i feel like it sprouted all these little uh niche shops like it's kind of like barber shops are on the same curve as breweries yes don't you feel like those yeah. things are like growing in yeah. popularity at the same time and what do you think that is just like people paying more attention to the way that they look and guys realizing that they need something more than either super cuts or wherever like their yeah because it's just like it's it's a lot of the experience too like a barbershop's going to offer you a different experience like you go to a uh, a salon you're going to see um you're you're not going to see a whole lot of crosstalk like you're I'm cutting your hair and usually like at a salon I know that uh salons tend to not lean towards crosstalk they don't want you talking to the person next to you and interacting with each other it's all about that client sitting in your chair right now okay barbershop that's all out the window. Everybody's talking to everybody. Yeah. And it's just like that. It's, it's like a guy. It's a guy's experience. Like we're like how we're sitting here right now. That's how the barbershop would be. We'd be right. bullshitting about fantasy football. We'd be bullshitting. Like if I was in Philly right now about how I'd be like, 
yeah, I really hate the Eagles. And then I'd probably get a pair of clippers thrown at me. But <laughs> <laughs> what, did you stick by your guns when you were in Philly? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you were the Giants fan in Philly? I was Giants. I was Devils. Oh, and man. Every time like somebody would say something, they'd be like, this would be like, I'd be like, you know, I'm cutting your hair, right? And they'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was just like with the, the whole barbershop thing is definitely you've seen like uh, it's it's definitely the resurgence is, and it's been going on for a while now too. And yeah. it's just steadily climbing. You see barbershops opening up everywhere. And I feel like the caliber of barbershop has stepped up too. It's not like the typical shop where you roll in and, uh, you know, he's just blowing you out in like five minutes and then you, you roll out with like an okay cut. I feel like more barbers are getting back to their roots where it's more traditional and it's more about the craft. Yeah, and they like the the experience again, I, I've only had limited experiences because once I found Michelle, I just stuck with Michelle. And <laughs> I've went to Justin's barber shop, mm-hmm. which is it's not a chain, Kyle, right? Again, just, just no, check I think, me. I think he might have like one There's or two locations. There's multiple locations yeah. though, right? All right, so that was, it was like a high-end experience. Like I was in a barbershop, but it wasn't like some raggedy old place, you know? Yeah. Like it was, it was kind of like a, a it was a modern experience. There's TVs everywhere. Yeah. Like I could book my stuff online. Like, it, and there was like cool people, like people that looked like you, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, there's a place I know in point that you mentioned, or maybe it's not in point, but there's like a really, like a barbershop that everyone goes to and it's hard, like River Street Bar, no. No, no. it's Bridge Ave Barbershop, right. uh, Chelsea and Shane. Okay. Uh, I believe, th- I believe they're cousins. They own it. Okay. Uh, I think, but what you, what's the first one you said? Bridge Ave? Bridge Ave. Yeah. They that- own two barbershops in Point Pleasant. Bridge Ave does? Yeah. Uh, Chelsea and Shane, they both, uh, they own Bridge Ave Barbershop and then Richmond Ave Barbershop. Richmond Ave. That- right next to Surf Taco. Okay. Because Dan Adario was like, I'm going to Richmond Ave to get my hair cut. And, yeah. Uh, they've got, uh, between those two shops, they got a lot of talented barbers. Really? Yeah. That's great. Uh, I thought, because that's actually where, uh, when I came back to Jersey, that's one of the places where I tried to cut. Okay. Um, and... I loved working with them, but it was just the uh, the starting over was just very tough. You have to build your clientele back up, and you know, with the family and everything like that, it was just something I couldn't do. No, so, and and you work like you you do have you have a job, right? You have got yeah. a day job. You're like me. You got a second job at the gym, basically, yep. right? Yeah. I mean, and God only knows what you do on the side. I mean, so it is tough. It's like there's not enough hours in the day when you're this type of person to get everything that you want to done. Yeah, but. I would be a patron if you, if it ever happened. I know a lot of people that would be. It's yeah. just it's tough because um like I said it's I I liked working for Chelsea and Shane. Um they were very they were just good people and they ran a great shop, but I feel like I would have to work for myself. What can you give us? Like I'll stop I'll stop pestering you, but can you give us like a, a inkling of what the name might be? Oh, it's uh a goes off of a lifestyle that I've lived, uh, straight edge barbershop because it, it goes off of me being straight edge, no drugs, no alcohol. And then you use a straight edge razor. It's just like, Oh, perfect. Hallelujah. Yeah. I love it, man. So it's just simple. What a great idea. Yeah. Oh, you got to go trademark that shit. You got to at least make like there's a, a stra- there's a straight edge bar- barbershop in uh point. Just I saw oh, it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Really? I drove close? by and I was like, I was ah! like, bastard. <laughs> Good name. Now- Barbershop, I kind of got to tattoos. It's just that you have a crazy amount of tattoos. It's funny because I always go, 
uh, you know, it's like, uh, oh, Dave, I, I was I was talking to someone about how I was going to be out next week, right? Going to yeah. Vegas. Woo. And I was like, oh, no, you're in good hands. Kyle's here. Like, oh, who's Kyle? Because I can't really explain Justin. Like, what am I going to say? Like, the guy with the weird pedo mustache? No. And I'm like, <laughs> but I can say. <laughs> We're deep into this. He's not listening anymore. Oh, um, God. He's uh, like, I'm done listening to these idiots. <laughs> um but I'm like, yeah, Kyle, you know, he's got a bunch of tattoos. You, you know when like, you know when he checked out? When? When we talked about his fantasy season. I was like, <laughs> he smashed asshole. whatever he was listening they with. Even, they, they're talking like they know tears. How, what do they know about tears? <laughs> 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 no, I'm always like, yeah, Kyle, he's got a bunch of tattoos. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> right? What's your favorite one? Like, do you have one? Um, Probably my leg, the koi fish that I have. Yeah. And then uh, where it goes onto the back, it's got like a little demon mask and some flowers. The Hanya mask or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Um, uh, Kevin LeBlanc did that. And where is that? I don't know where he He's is. at White Lotus in Tom's River. Okay. That's the spot. Your spot? Yeah, basically. that's where I got uh, – like both my sleeves are done by uh, Desmond and then like a few random pieces by some other guys. Uh, Des did uh, my throat, both sides of my neck. He's done my hands. He's done the majority of Dude, my tattoos. Dude, how do you get to the point where you're just like, you're just like, I'm going for it. And you go throw it and you just do it. Like, what, how, how did you get there? Well, this is the perfect segue to music. Okay. Kind of like, <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you do the music thing. So, you know, like uh, when I was, uh, when I was younger, you know, like real young, like high school and stuff like that you're like oh we're in a band but you weren't really in a band like like you're you're hanging out with your friends writing really shitty music that you thought sounded good playing in people's basements and shit like that yeah pretty much and you're you look back on it you're like wow that was bad but so you fast forward a couple years and then uh i got into like my first serious band uh believe it or not like you'll like People that listen to like hardcore and like uh, metal stuff like that, they'll understand this reference. Like I was walking through Ocean County Mall in Tom's River wearing my uniform, uh-huh. my camo shorts and nondescript band tee yep. and like whatever, just looking like, you know, the typical hardcore kid. And some kid walked up to me with a flyer, hey, looking for band members and so that's I, how you got into your first band i responded to it and <laughs> I responded i went and we we jammed at uh where was this place it was it was in bayville i forget the name of the place it was a rehearsal studio in bayville um we all met there um and we played and we messed around and that was the beginning of the first band that I was in for, we were, we were together for a few years. Named? Your Blood, My Honor. Oh, man. We were the typical, like for the early 2000s, we were that typical like bro beatdown band. I know, but that's so much, like that, those are the bands that I wanted to be in because I was always in like the like the frilly band. Like, <laughs> you know, we didn't beat anyone down, but, but continue. So. Yeah, with like puffy vests, straight brim hats, like that whole thing, you know, yeah. early 2000s. Like Pointing at people while like you sing. Like tough guy. Yeah, Like man. tough guy hardcore. So we did that, um, played all over New Jersey, like every weekend, multiple times during the oh, weekend. Oh, wh- where did we have? Bloomfield Ave Cafe? Is oh that what God. we have in common? Yes. Hamilton Street Cafe? Absolutely. Yeah, man, you know all this. I played those shitty places I played. I, played, well. I love those places. I did. I, I remember uh, Bloomfield 
Ave. It was Bloom. Was it Bloomfield? Yes, Bloomfield Ave. To flush the toilet, you had to pull the chain that was hanging Dude, out of the tank that, because it didn't have a top on the tank. That place was such like they were so small too. They were shitholes. Yeah, but they were our shitholes. I know. You're, <laughs> and that that's they're not around anymore. No, neither of those are. No. I was actually at my band played one of the last. Uh, hardcore shows at Hamilton Street. Did I ever mention to you that the first uh, concert I ever played on tour when I was like out of the state of Florida when I first started was at the Prince of Peace in, in Howell, Howell, New Jersey? Holy shit. No joke, man. Wow. That was like my first show out on tour. Like I was on That's tour. That's too funny. With cute in this band called Rookie of the Year and we played at Howell. You yeah. know where I'm talking Prince about, Prince of right? Peace, absolutely. Yeah, man. Did you have like I I played there. I've been to oh, shows dude. there. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the coolest thing too, playing at VFWs and yeah. like like in places like the Prince of Peace. That's so Oh, funny. dude, I've played it I've I've played at some funny places like uh I don't know if uh, it's up. It, there's only one of them left now, but up in, I think it's like Old Bridge or, yeah, Old Bridge. There's a place called Big Ed's Barbecue. They used to have one down in Waretown that had a ballroom. Okay. There was shows there all the time. Big Ed's Barbecue? And they were the fucking best. Dude, that's so great, man. We played there all the time. Uh, Waretown Fire Hall. There was just like, yeah, like those little venues. They were the best. They were. I I, I completely agree because like you got to like, you didn't, there was no stage. Like you just oh, set yeah. up on the ground. Everybody's in else. your face, like jumping on you. Like they know your lyrics. You're like, how do you know my lyrics? Like yeah. this is so cool. Pure volume. Or was that the pure volume days? Or is there like your band? Yeah, MySpace. Yeah, yeah all that shit. Oh, you would have dude. your band playing on there. We're so old. Um, yeah. We just dated ourselves. <laughs> but uh yeah, that was the first like uh like band that I was in. We got we got some pretty decent notoriety, like within the New Jersey area. Um we never really blew up outside of that. Like uh we played uh Brockton, Massachusetts twice. Okay. Uh at the it was it went by two different names, Romans and the Tigers then. Okay. Uh that place puts on some rowdy shows. And it was like a hardcore like you played with a bunch of bands from yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Like uh we I remember I sent our demo up to a uh it was was it uh, what the hell was the name of the uh it was a record label. It was like a tinier record label. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now. But I'd sent a demo up to them and never heard it. I hadn't heard anything back in a little while. Then uh, I got contacted. They're like, hey, would you guys be interested in coming up and playing Massachusetts this weekend? And, you know, we're in our early 20s. We're like, yeah, I'll call out of work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going on tour, guys. Like, yeah, you get, like the like, merch guy. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you uh, – and we're like, yeah, we'll come up. So we went and played. It was fun. Uh, but it was just like playing around New Jersey. It was just like, there was no place like home just playing yeah. around and just like having all your friends and just getting crazy. Well, it wasn't only that, man. I, I, cause I can attest to it when we came through New Jersey and it wasn't just cause I was from here. There was just such a good scene for music. Here. Bands always love to come through New Jersey. The scenes died off a little bit everywhere though. Yeah. Everywhere. But the kids don't go. I, I, well, this is, I kind of saw this and this is like when I was touring, uh, and going everywhere, like people stopped coming to shows. Yeah. Like once you got an iPhone. Or they went to the go. Yeah. People became too cool. People became too involved with uh, everything else. Like, or they're at their, they're at the show and they're sitting there on their phone and yeah. not enjoying the experience. Oh, I mentioned this. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day. There's this new thing. It's called like camel bags or something. But basically, I only know this because of Joe Rogan, because he's my hero. 
And <laughs> basically what they make you do is before you go into a venue, you put your phone in a bag in and a locks bag. it. Yes. The Misfits did that for their shows out in Vegas. Yeah. And then if you need to get on your phone, you can always go back to the... And unlock it. And unlock it. But like you need to go out and unzip it to use it. Yes. And so you still have your phone on you. You just can't be fucking fiddling with, with yeah. it the whole time. That makes it so... And it's not just because of people worried about, you know, trademark, like people yeah. taking videos and stuff. It also enhances the experience so you don't have some asshole who's on the phone yeah. or like people who are just, like you said, just everyone's on. I can't help it either. So it's yeah, we all calling the it. kettle black. But like whenever I'm somewhere, I'm also on my phone. So I thought that that was the best business idea. How did I not come up with a bag <laughs> that for locks. your phone, man? <laughs> I like I can't believe I didn't come up with that shit. But yeah. what a great idea, you know? Yeah. But it, it's it's funny, man. I saw that the writing on the wall with that people just weren't going to shows anymore. Like I, it blows my mind. Like when because so many bands, I, I don't know if you still have friends that have like shows and stuff like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just like, who's coming to your shows? Like I feel bad because some of my friends like they have bands and I've still yet to see them. I know. It's like yeah, I'm gonna get out there, but then it's just like life. I know. You know it's and tough because absolutely like if i i'm 34 but if i could and had the time i would try to make a band again just yeah. to have fun yes but i don't have the time I, to no. dedicate to that especially you know depending on where the people are from where will we be rehearsing like my last band that i was in i was driving up the fucking raw way oh god it was brutal no man and uh, that's why i started doing shit by myself is because to to kind of congregate all those assholes and, and yeah. make it be productive is so much more effort than it's ever worth. Yeah. So the only thing, you know, I, I mean, I could do it with local people and like have fun. That's the only thing that's cool about our area, right? So there's so many bars and stuff around yeah. here. And that's really, I'll be completely candid about it. Is That's one of my goals is as a performer is to just start being able to play around all these places here. Absolutely. You know, like even if it's covers and stuff, because there is a market for that. Here, especially in the summer when you oh, know yeah. our population triples it's or doubles. Crazy. You know? Dude, I, I got all stoked. She's gonna laugh. Headliner started following me on Instagram. <laughs> Would you come and see me if I had a show at Headliner? Yes. Yeah. You I'm you there. could get me to headliner. Yeah, that'd be I think they have like a I think they have like a jacuzzi or like a, a spa. I no. some they have like an indoor or they have like some no. type of Vegas style pool. They they really do. <laughs> I, but I don't know. Yeah, the uh, the the band thing, like you said, it's it died down a little bit. Like I had I had my fun. Like yeah. I was in a couple bands. I did some cool stuff. Like the band I was in after Your Blood My Honor was uh Pray for Death. Uh, same thing. That's awesome. Started playing all over New Jersey. Uh, and then we actually did a week long tour in Canada. Awesome. And it was it was rad. That yeah. was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had being in a band because I were in uh, Quebec City, which is I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, I've been to oh uh, I've been to Mon Montreal. I don't know if I've been to Quebec City. Quebec City is uh, definitely a far cry from Montreal. It's, okay. Uh, like Quebec City is very anti-American. Oh. They don't like Americans. Oh, okay. And there's anti-American graffiti oh. everywhere. Um, but the kids and the younger generation aren't as uh, like hard up about that. Uh, they like American people. It's just uh, it tends to be the, the American government that they're not into. But well, anyway, I don't really like the American government. So either. we're uh, we're playing at this place called the Anti Hall in Quebec City, and it was uh, that place was great. It was uh, a venue underneath a uh, a skate park, 
And oh, dude. There's just like just being on stage um, from New Jersey, and there's these kids just bum rushing the stage and singing our songs. And I'm like this. I was like, mind blown. And it was just one of the cooler experiences I've had. And, and how many people can say that they went out and do that? Did that? You know, and not many. No, no, not many is is completely right. So it's cool because we kind of got in like a cross section of time and music where that was possible. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I, I don't know. Again, nowadays, I mean, the the equivalent to that, you're gonna laugh at me, is like being like a YouTube star. Yeah, or something. Yeah, a lot of people get their stardom that way. Well, and that's it, man. Meanwhile, when we were starting off with bands, it was like. I remember when I was in Your Blood, My Honor, we went and we recorded. Uh, it was a really bad recording, like listening <laughs> back to it now, but I still like the songs. Yeah. Um, but, and I remember sitting there at my computer, burning and then handwriting and then going and just be like handing out this three song demo. And doing yeah. that week in Canada or yeah. going to wherever, Brockton, Massachusetts. Like, and again, I guess we're just old and like we're reminiscing about older times because now it's like kids post something on YouTube and it gets, you know, a million plays and that's like their equivalent to that experience. But I just, I, I think it's just so crazy. We I was talking about the Grammys too. I think it was with Justin. He was talking about how like the National won yeah. and like War on Drugs won yeah. and like Metallica won a Grammy. And it's just like, dude, this is it. Yeah. You know, this is it. That, that's so crazy to me. Like, like that, uh, that's all that's left Mastodon won best metal performance. Oh, but did they? They don't announce it on TV. No, that's something are, that's done like behind the scenes. Those are the ones that are done while everyone's walking in on the red carpet. Yeah, that's exactly. So fucked up though, man. I mean, like, I, I think that there's something to be said for like rock and roll being an outlet for for the youth. Yeah, that's that's cats. <laughs> we got a bunch. You of got cats. got a treat? Yeah. No. What? What? What's he eating? He's fine. He's fat. Uh, I don't know. Oh, we got a chip. <laughs> The cat's eating a, a, a chip, like a salsa chip. Even the cat's taunting me. I can't eat carbs. No. What are you doing? All right. I think that we did. I think that we, this might be the longest one, Kyle. I Jesus. think we did. And you know what blows my mind? I was texting you earlier talking about uh, how you had Bill. I listened to that. And I was yeah. Like, I was like, I'm like, Dave, do you really want to have me on here? I was like, Bill was probably one of the most interesting people I've heard about. You, when you start talking, it's not like. Yeah. Well, and again, it, just to kind of like bring it full circle is that it's really just about people who are comfortable to you are an orator to you know what i mean like it's just something like you coach at our gym yeah you, you've you sang in a band so it's like and like when you talk to you like you're not a numbskull you know yeah. what i mean so i guess some some people are just cut out for it or not but I, you're definitely one of them so Woo! i had a good time man Me thanks too. for being here this is good you want to plug anything or are you good I'm good. You we we plug no, JSA. We, we do plug, it for the love of the game. We plug JSA a bunch. Yeah, we do. Like, I don't have any bands to plug, and I'm not cutting hair, so I don't need to plug Straight my Straight up uh, barbershop coming like 2024. Maybe yeah. when Clover grows up. Yeah, when she's out of the house. Shout, shout out Clover. All right, thank Get you. Get a job, Kyle. you little deadbeat. You're the, you're the man. <laughs> Thanks again, Kyle. Thank you for listening. Episode three, the wrap conversation piece. Well on our way. To our 52 episode goal before you go remember we're streaming on soundcloud conversation underscore peace we are now on itunes go subscribe give us a good rating tell your mom your dad your sisters your brothers We've got something special next week for you see ya